Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Banking on Innovation podcast. You know, I really admire so many of our guests that we have on the podcast, but today's guest is truly special. I have a special relationship with Meherier Hassan, or as Hassan, as he likes to go by. I'm proud to call him my close friend and my mentor over the past two decades, really. He and I have worked together both at Wells Fargo and at U.S. Bank, and he's somebody I deeply admire both professionally and personally, and I think you'll see why. So, Hassan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, my pleasure, Jody. Good seeing you. So, by way of background, in his recent appointment to the, as the chairman of Brock Bank, Hassan was called a highly regarded figure and innovator in digital banking, with over 35 years of experience driving breakthrough innovation and transformative disruptions. He's been a leading digital executive at prominent banks such as Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank, a co-founder and CEO of an innovative fintech, and recently appointed as chairman of Brock Bank, a leading financial services company in Bangladesh serving two and a half million customers. Thank you, Jody. It's uh, absolutely, uh, you know, great pleasure to be with you and to spend the time with you. Um, and I really appreciate very generous introduction. And I, the pleasure is all truly mutual uh, that working with you and the time I have spent, that is uh, something I will cherish for a long time to go. Very good. All right, so enough of the public displays of affection now, Hassan. Now let's give our audience something to really think about. First, let's go a little bit of a little bit back into your history. You you've led an eclectic and impressive multifaceted career, as we just alluded to. You've been a bank operating executive, an entrepreneur, and now a social impact leader. How has each step in your career prepared you for the next stage of your progression? Isn't uh, Jody? Said honestly. First of all, I'm truly blessed and you know very fortunate to have the opportunity to work with the type of organization and uh, especially more importantly the people I had an op opportunity to work with along the way. Uh, every engagement, every organization, I have learned a lot and tons of it because every organization always given me a very unique sets of challenges to deal with and opportunities along with it. And so my career has truly started, I was, I started my career in a capital market and I used to do more, uh, you know, investment banking and, and mostly first 10 years in my life of my career, I was mostly dealing with the, in the Wall Street side on the investment side and the risk management side of the business. And from there, I kind of moved on and I, my curiosity increased because there is a from the banking or the financial services industry, till you really don't understand, get to see the customer whom you're doing business with, the, the, the understanding of the what customers are all about, till you know that you really have not cracked the code on the banking. And that's where I had kind of slowly switched and moved on to the, on more on the customer facing businesses in, in, in my later part of the year of my professional life. But to answer your question, to be honest with you, every engagement I had along the way 
that has given me the opportunity to learn the financial services industry in many different angles, many different dimensions, uh, with the unique sets of challenges and opportunities, and really prepared me for the next one and the next one. But there was no plan where I have moved. It all came along the way. And I take it, make the most out of every single in- engagement I have. It's such an exciting and interesting industry, but the different viewpoints that you can have, whether you're operating as an executive, as yeah. a fintech, as an investor, as a regulator, all gives you very different perspectives, but all in a pursuit of helping this industry help customers improve their financial well-being. As an industry, we are very product-oriented. We, the whole history of our industry mostly we are is the orientation of product. We sold product, uh, and we were very innovative with building various different products for investment product or retail product or lending product. But we never truly started thinking, what is it that we are trying to solve for from the customer perspective? And I believe that recognition awareness still not there where I would like to be, but we have gone much better. And I think that is where I think as an industry, we have still a lot more work to do and the challenges in front of us. Yeah, we're in a perpetual state of of motion in this industry, but as you said, making a lot of progress. You know, right now you're in a very exciting role and I think it's very unique. And I do want to get to get, get to that as the chairman of, of Brock Bank based in, in Bangladesh, but let's start a little bit earlier, back actually when when you and I met at, at Wells Fargo back in the late 2000s, you championed the idea back then, Hassan, of this universal account opening capability way back then. And a full 10 years later, you formed a startup, Terrafina, to focus on universal cross-channel account opening. What do you think took the industry so long to embrace such a foundational capability? And and what issues persist today that still prevent widespread adoption? It's an excellent question. Uh, and I sometimes I'll scratch my head and I wonder why such an obvious uh, opportunity that we as an industry never paid enough attention. I think it comes from, again, truly the, the notion of customer centricity. You know, true for us, we, you know, what, how do we make sure that we deliver the best customer experience, the customer experience, because whether it is service or sales, and how does customer wants to engage and interact with us? How do we make sure this is not a one size fits all kind of engagement model? How do we empower customer based on their readiness? How they wanna leverage various different tools and channels and content that we provide to, to understand what their needs are and try to solve it with us. I think that is the, that's the part, I think that awareness, that realization, we just have not had and it took some long time for us to get there. And I think as an industry, we we talked about customer focus, but when it came to truly recognize that, that you know if you deliver the best customer experience, 
that by itself will help you to retain, engage, deepen the customer relationship. And that and the, other, the part which I always believe in, you have to empower the customer first with the right way, because rather than dictating customer how they should engage with us, empower the customer for them to make those decisions on their own. And I think that principle, realization of that principle to build a distribution model or a service model or a, a business model, I think it took some time for as an industry for us to realize. I think we have come a long way, but it is just not there yet. Yeah, you know, sometimes we, uh, I also see this in our, in my discussions with executives and our, in our clients as well, where it's more than just products that customers are seeking, right? Usually it's a combination. If you want to help a customer accomplish a job to be done, let's say help them save for a goal. Usually it's a combination of products, tools, capabilities, insights, uh, tracking, all of those things together that can help a customer, that entire, that they come together as part of an experience to, to deliver on this journey. Because usually it's not just one product that, yeah. that does that for a customer and certainly not the same product for each customer. Yeah, in the financial services industry, the, the first transaction is the beginning of the journey. It's a journey over the life cycle of the customer, financial life cycle of the customer. It's the beginning. And that is something till we truly recognize and, re and, and appreciate, we can't win the customer that way. And it become a very transactional oriented engagement. So Hassan, you, you founded Terrafina and you were CEO of the company and then yeah. it was acquired by NCR. What do you think NCR found so attractive in the platform for its for its banking suite sure what ncr did they build a the digital banking capability which is more on the servicing aspect of it but then for you to truly manage or let give the customer empower customer to manage the financial services end to end you do need it to bring the on the sales side of the of the equation how they can manage their you know, on the on the on the sales side of the customer engagement. So the servicing side, and which what Terrafina did, it kind of completed the the full the the puzzle and and created gave them the full orientation, both servicing and sales. Uh, as and I think that what I believe was the one of the major reason why they picked us. How does this? How does leveraging data and understanding of customers? play into this idea that you were talking about before around delivering on a customer-centric vision? And, and what obstacles do you think there are that still exist for banks to be able to fully leverage data and intelligence to be able to really demonstrate that they know customers and, and deliver more tailored solutions? I believe that, you know, the capabilities are all there. The data is there. And now the question is how we, how much we can personalize, how we can truly understand what customers is telling us, what their needs are, because their customers are constantly leaving us with lots of information, with every interaction and every engagement, who they are, what they're about, where they are in their life cycle, what their needs are. And to me, 
is those data, those informations are all readily available. What do we do with this data? How do we use the data to personalize in terms of communication, product development, delivery, servicing is all there. I don't believe there is any more excuse for us to give. And uh, you know, as an industry that we don't have data, we don't have tools, we don't have technology, it's too costly. I think it's not, we can't use that anymore. I, I by the way, I told Hassan that the intention of the conversation was to be casual yet thought provoking. We knew we knew you wouldn't have an issue with being thought provoking or challenging. <laughs> I was at the the clearinghouse conference just a couple of weeks ago in New York City. I was on a panel with executives from B of A and TD Bank, and also another fintech CEO, and the topic was about AI and generative AI specifically. And my point in response was, there is so much of applied AI that's left to do around addressing specific business opportunities that are available to us today, even before we get to the additional opportunities around generative AI. Yeah. And it's all around better understanding your customers, leveraging customer data, which indeed is the most valuable asset. And we all know that that's the most valuable asset, but to create true advantage, requires you to translate that data into actionable advice and doing that not just for your best customers, but for all of your customers. That's what creates advantage. And so while there's a lot of hype over the next generation of AI, there's still so much fertile ground in, in terms of applying AI effectively today to better deliver on behalf of customers. I think we financial services industry are have the most data, most information on our customer than any other industry uh, out there in the economy. But I don't believe we still have yet to, you know, to leverage that and, and, and the true benefit of the customer, not just our, you know, to the, to the provider's benefit from the customer's benefit. I think that's to me is a, uh, uh, yeah. still a challenge in front of us. Customer are giving information. I think if I look at the open banking concept, if that is where we are going, uh, that's uh, something we need to take this thing very seriously because eventually customer will decide how and where and what they're going to do transaction with rather than committing to one bank or one provider. And, 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 <laughs> and that's to me, if we don't take that thing seriously, uh, I think uh, we, we really going to be in the coming years, we're going to have a lot of surprises. Well, we'll certainly great, see greater disparity between leaders and laggards because of some of those phenomena. Yeah. So, Hassan, let's move on to your, your current role. And this is really, I think, quite exciting and very unique. So just to put it in perspective, you are now chairman of Brock Bank, whose philosophy is based on people, planet, and prosperity. You have over 2.5 million customers. Talk about the, the mission of Brock Bank, if you will. In my mind, the Brock Bank mission is very simple. We are, we are very different than the majority of the banks in Bangladesh. It's merely after profit. Uh, we strive to serve people in terms of in, in a, both in care for planet to so the banking operations. And in doing so, we, you know, we bring the shared uh, prosperity to society. Uh, we have the things what we have, the banks have put together, the emphasis what we put on the following issues, right? Is the financial inclusion is one principle. 
reaching out to the unbanked and underbanked segments, uh, missing middle through the small merchant enterprise because we are big in SME segment of the market, and women banking and digital banking. So those are our key areas, key, uh, I would call the anchor of the bank. It's really remarkable progress. And you talked about some of the numbers. What I saw last year in your reports are that deposits grew by 24%, loans by 28% at the bank. What's fueling this level of growth during such a period of economic uncertainty and difficulty? 2017, 18, we started, we developed our strategy, how are we gonna grow, how are we gonna grow our business with this basic principle that I just shared with you. Uh, the, the, our focus on financial inclusion, that's something we have done in the SME world because that's the SME segment contribute 24% of the GDP of the country. Yeah. So as the economy has grown over last, since 2017 on the average six and six has half percent GDP growth, given our focus with that segment, we got the full benefit of that growth along with how we have developed our product and services. A lot of digitization of our product and services. So we have taken a lot of the cost out so we could be much more aggressive in our pricing. Right. We are the, also the largest retail banking uh, in terms of the deposit growth. And I think we have achieved that through digitization product. You know, also we have de developed uh, the digital banking capability that has given us a most was lowest cost customer acquisition of any banks in the country. So we have tackled this thing in many, many different uh, dimension. And, and I think we are getting, getting the fruits of, of our uh, work over the last many years. Remarkable. You know, and you had, you had put in so many years in, in the US around the banking industry. And now you're in Bangladesh and, and you're joining us from Bangladesh. Really appreciate you, you taking the time to do so. But how are the challenges different in such an institution like Brack Bank, where it's given its, its focus in Bangladesh, but also its global ambitions, and the focus on underprivileged or underbanked or maybe undermet segments? How are those challenges different there than what you saw here in the US? Knowing your customer, um, it is real over here. When you have a 40, 50% of your portfolio is a non-collateral loan, yeah. knowing your customer is, is, is a literally is a do or die. You really have to know. Uh, so we do get engaged uh, with the, the customer, not only just their immediate need, but their, if you look at an SME customer, what do we do? We look at who, what do they do with that money? Mm. So knowing the customer, knowing their customer at the lowest level of details, their local market dynamics, their cash flow, their supplier, that's that whole advice-based products offering and product management is the is a secret sauce to your growth there. And that's the only way you can. So what we are doing, is a we are is an agent-based model, and what we are trying to bring more digitization to that whole processes, 
and we are trying to empower the customer to capture those information what they verbally or more in person share with the agent and we are in, we are giving they all have a smartphone and so we are creating all the capabilities so they can manage their own cash flow and that we have a view into that and we collectively manage their whole business yeah. and that's how we have kind of created that whole model and i think it has been proven very powerful so again go back to my first line you got to know your customer and that's the only way you can earn the trust and grow the business in that segment of the market you know that's a great lead in to the to this next topic which is sometimes markets like the US North America can can become somewhat egocentric in terms of focused on focusing on what dynamics we see in the market and capabilities we're delivering and there's such exciting developments that are happening around the world particularly in developing countries some of the work that you're doing in Bangladesh around underserved that you just spoke of what's happening in india around the identity network and identity management and the ability to make digital payments and remove the middlemen getting payments directly to people in rural lands rural farmers which is changing the equation and allowing them to be much more successful all of these things are happening at a pace in the rest of the world which actually exceeds that of the us in some cases in many cases particularly around around mobile payments so what do you think the north american banking industry can learn from some or any of these exciting developments that's happening in the emerging markets in a very simplistic way the banking in this part of the world is beyond the traditional definition of banking that what we see in the western world because you're dealing with a segment of the market that their needs are they don't they don't have the luxury to go five different places to to you know to support their to support their need so it in my mind the integration of payment e-commerce and banking and that is what is kind of unfolding in here I and i think if you look at the business model these are the bring components that we are all kind of bringing it together and trying to serve that segment of the market fascinating you know what you just hearing your talk it it really gives kind of inspiration to how the industry is evolving what the industry is trying to accomplish and then also just the different facets and dimensions that are occurring around the world which which uh different parts of the world can benefit from by really understanding how how capabilities um how solutions are are maturing and evolving in uh in the rest of the world i think it's a very fascinating exciting time to be honest with you for me even at this point of my uh uh life stage or professional career i think uh I'm getting, you know, similarly charged, you know, with the excitement, what I'm seeing, what is happening in this part of the world, because the technology is, is creating a lot of opportunity uh, and opening lots of door and, and, you know, for the huge segment of the population of the world that they never been had the opportunity to access this type of services. And now it is becoming much more viable, accessible, economical. 
And I think the power of that, bringing that population into the, and make them as a part of the financial inclusion model, uh, I think it can, I think this is, can create an incredible positive impact uh, uh, in, the, in the world moving forward. And I think to me that is a, uh, that's to me is, is the most exciting thing right now in spite of all the negative we hear, uh, that there are a lot of positive coming with the technology and, and especially on the financial services, this, you know, what I see globally. Yeah. So let, let's end where we started, which is with the customer. What do you think the customer will expect from the banking industry in the next three to five years for which the industry is not well prepared for right now? I think, Jody, you know the answer. I will, you know, it's a, it's a personalization. It's a, you know your customer. Customer, per customer doesn't want any more generic offer. They don't want generic, generic treatment. Uh, they want... They, they want something that is what is for them, what is needed for them, not for the mass. Uh, and treating the customer who, based on their need, where they are in their life cycle or financial life cycle, and, and, and providing that. And that personalization at every level, at a product level, the pricing level, at the marketing, fulfillment, servicing. I think we have now the data, we have the technology for us to do it. So treat customer who they are, not a mass. And I think there's enough information we have for us to personalize that. So personalization is to me is the only way uh, I think we can win. And I think that is what we as an industry, are we ready? I don't know yet. I think we have still a lot of work to do, but customer, if I, me as a customer, that's what I would expect. You know, treat me as who I am, what my needs, not as a, you know, a generic offer. And, and, and I think there is enough information I'm leaving you behind that you should know about me, what, what my preference, what my choice, what my needs are. And I think that's all it's kind of boiling down to. Uh, and so that's where I believe the biggest challenge we have, we as an industry, we need to take this thing truly, not a bit gonna, as you, as I said, it's open banking <laughs> is coming. Either you do it or it's gonna move in a different direction. So that's, I would ch challenge my colleagues and my, you know, my partners and, you know, who are in this industry, we are in this journey for many years. Please, you know, we gotta wake up and, and, and don't use any more excuse uh, for not to get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Hassan, I'm so happy for your success and, you know, the fact that we've kind of exported your talents to an even greater cause and you're taking on something that's, that's so exciting in a global fashion uh, for, the, for the banking industry, for your customers, for for the developing market. But I also really appreciate the fact that you're imparting wisdom back to us in, in the US and North America where there's so much to do and actually so much happening. And I think we're all excited about what's to come in the industry. I think it's an exciting time. I think we have a lot to look forward to. Well, Hassan, thank you very much. I wish you the best. Thank you for joining all the way from Bangladesh. 
and I'll look forward to uh, to seeing you upon your return. Very good. Thank you, Jody. It was a good chatting with you. Thank you for joining another episode of Banking on Innovation. Make sure you subscribe to get future podcast episodes or follow us on Twitter at Personetics or on Personetics.com. Mm-hmm.